listening to a podcast of Elam Lutheran Church in Osakis, Minnesota. Our passion is to be an oasis of life-giving water where lost and wandering souls can find eternal refreshment. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, please visit osakiselamchurch.com. Or if you're in the area, come visit us in person. So prayer is vital and then prayer is simple in the sense that we like to, to make it complicated, right? But when we turn to God's word, what, what we see is that prayer is actually a lot simpler than that. We tend to think that the good, pr- good prayers, what does a good prayer mean? We tend to think that the good prayers are the long and drawn out ones with flowery language. But actually Jesus, when he teaches us how to pray, he essentially says like, keep it short and simple, keep it short and sweet. When you're drowning and you need a lifeguard to rescue you, right, you don't sing them a sonnet in three rhyming verses about how you want them to rescue you. you you're just yelling at the top of your lungs like, save me, right? And that's what prayer should be like. A high word count doesn't make prayer any more effective. God answers our prayers not because we pray in a certain way, but because of his good fatherly heart toward us. So, so prayer is vital. Prayer is simple. And tonight, I want to read just one verse that's going to frame our time together. Ephesians 6, 18 says, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Tonight, talking about how prayer is hard. And you don't actually need a Bible verse to tell you that prayer is hard. All you have to do is pray more than once, and you will quickly discover That prayer is hard. Amen? I've never met a single Christian in my life. Maybe some of you have. But I've never run across a single Christian who, when I asked them about their prayer life, were like, oh yeah, prayer is super easy. Like, it feels like I have all the time in the world to pray. Nothing nothing else that I I do. No, right? Prayer is labor-intensive. Having a consistent prayer life takes discipline. One of the most disciplined people when it came to prayer was actually Martin Luther. Here's what his close friend said about him. He said, there's not a day on which he does not devote at least three hours, the very ones most suitable for work, to prayer. Once I was fortunate to overhear his prayer. What faith in his words. He speaks with the great reverence of one who speaks to his God and with the trust and hope of one who speaks with his father and friend. I mean, I don't know about you, that puts me to shame for sure. Luther had this habit where the busier that he was, it's, it's the opposite for us, but the busier that he was, the more he prayed. So there's a, a quote attributed to him. He said, I have so much to do today that I will spend the first three hours in prayer. <clears throat> if it were me, let's say I've got so much to do today, I don't have time to pray, right? That's kind of our, our, our default operating system. The more I do, the less time I usually spend in prayer. Prayer is one of the first things on my chopping block. I'll be honest with you. That happens. Prayer is hard. Why? All sorts of reasons. Life is busy. Most of us don't have much buffer in our lives. Between school and church and family and work, like there's hardly a spare minute of unstructured time. Not just for adults, but for kids too. I mean, you have to, like, check with your four-year-old secretary 
to see if they can squeeze you in between guitar lessons and ballet. It's crazy, isn't it? Life is busy. There's a lot going on. And that's not always wrong. Sometimes it's genuinely the case that we do have to put in the hours at work, like work all weekend to provide for our families. Sometimes maybe we've got a sick relative that we're caring for, right? And, and we just don't have a lot of extra buffer because we get home and, and we're so tired from that that we fall asleep during bedtime prayer. I mean, ask Jesus' disciples about this, right? In the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked them to pray with him. And how, what did they do? They, they fell asleep. Not once, twice. Jesus is right there in front of you asking you to pray. And we can't stay awake. Sometimes circumstances are such that spending lots of time on our knees isn't feasible. Life is busy and we're human. But if we're honest with ourselves, we can't just blame the busy culture around us, can we? I mean, it's on us too. We're the ones who don't say no. We're the ones who don't set boundaries and just say yes to everything that comes our way. Sure, sometimes life is truly busy, but also, maybe you've noticed this about yourselves. I've certainly found it to be true for me. If I want something, like really, really want something, I'll find the time to make it happen, right? I don't care how busy my week is, I am making that trip to Walmart to get the gluten-free Oreos, okay? It's going to happen. The double-stuffed ones, not those regular, original nonsense. Um, if we're passionate about a project, we'll stay up all night to get it done. So sure, life is busy, but the fact that I don't take time to pray also reveals that just like prayer, maybe it's not a huge priority for me. Austin Phelps says this about prayer. This is a good quote. He says, When those hours of the day come in which we should be having our prayer sessions with God, it often appears as though everything has entered into a conspiracy to prevent it. Your thoughts flit back and forth between God and the many pressing duties which await you. Can I identify with that a little bit? Yeah. Prayer is hard because it's not always a big priority in our lives. There are a million other reasons why prayer is hard. We get discouraged. Sometimes we, we pray for, if you're like me, like you come to God and you ask Him for something and you pray, and if He hasn't answered it within five minutes, like, come on, God, really? What's taking so long here? Right? We're impatient. And, and sometimes it goes on for years and we're easily discouraged. Sometimes it's just we lack discipline, you know? We've never been the type of person to set kind of these practices in place. Sometimes we're easily distracted. Sometimes it's, it's medical reasons. Maybe our kid has ADD, so it's pretty much impossible to actually sit for very long. Maybe we get angry at God, give Him the cold shoulder. Maybe we have health issues that make concentration like really, really difficult. Maybe we're depressed and motivation is a struggle. Maybe we've tried to keep a prayer journal year after year, but we just haven't been able to work up the willpower to follow through. Now, somewhere along the lines, I can't pinpoint it, this thing happened. We got it into our heads that if prayer feels like hard work, we must be doing something wrong. Like, prayer should always be a naturally joyful experience, and if we don't feel happy and blissful, we're probably missing something. 
But when we turn to the Bible, and we see in here the whole cast of characters, these sinner saints who actually persevered in prayer, those prayers often came from raw places of deep pain and grief. Have you ever seen those uh, precious moments figurines? You familiar with those? The like little wooden carved angels, right? Yeah. We drove, last year we drove, we were driving and we saw an exit on the sign and said this was like the factory for it, so I'm going to have to go check that out. Um, but they always, these little angels, they always have this delighted and rapturous expression on their faces. I would venture to guess that as most of the people in the Bible were praying, that was probably not the expression on their faces. You've heard the term prayer warrior, right? Prayer warrior? Well, warriors, think about a warrior. A warrior usually has rough skin, battle scars, dirt under their fingernails. Some warriors even walk with a limp. So you can't be a prayer warrior. You can't participate in prayer without entering into a spiritual battlefield. Jesus knew this, and he told a parable about it. I'm going to read that parable to you. This is from the book of Matthew, chapter uh, 8. Actually, this is the Gospel of Luke. One of those, one of those Gospels. We'll get there. Luke 8. No, it's not. Hold on. This is bad. Stick with me, people. Matthew, it was Matthew, I had it right. I'm not crazy. Matthew 18, 1 through 8, that's what it is. That's not it either. This is so bad. This is so bad. It's the uh, parable of the persistent widow, if anyone can help me out. I'll write my references down here next time. Feel free to talk amongst yourselves or, or tell a joke if you would like to. This is embarrassing. I have to, I have to Google it. Luke 18, 1 through 8. Oh, man. What? Yeah, Google. All right. Appreciate that, Tom. Now that your confidence in your pastor is uh, inspired, let's do this one. Luke chapter 18, 1 through 8. Here we go. And he told them a parable. This is Jesus. Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? 
I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's a strange parable for a number of reasons, but I want to zoom in on one particular part of this story. In verse 5, the Greek verb used for beat me down, right? The judge doesn't this want this woman to continually beat him down with her coming, right? She's wearing him out. That word literally means to give someone a black eye. And Jesus says, that's how you should pray. Your prayers should be so persistent and determined that it's like we're giving God a black eye. Not in the sense that we're causing God pain, but you understand the, the persistence and the, and the zeal with which her prayer was offered. You understand the comparison here. Our prayers should be characterized by the fervor of Jacob when he wrestled God and refused to let him go without a blessing. Here's what the large catechism teaches about prayer. It says, Nothing is so necessary as to, as to call upon God incessantly and to drum into his ears our prayer that he may give, preserve, and increase in us faith. So if prayer seems like hard work to you, if you're not always feeling it, that's not necessarily a sign you're doing something wrong. It's actually a sign that you're in pretty good company. And it's during those dry seasons, as painful as they are, that God uses prayer to mold and shape us into the people that he needs us to be. Prayer is hard. It's true. It takes a certain tenacity to persevere through prayer during difficult times. And there's nothing the enemy would love more than to keep us off of our knees. So what's the encouragement for us here, right? Because this has been a lot of law, like pray, pray, pray. We need to, to pray, and it's hard. But what's the good word for people like us who don't always pray as often or as frequently or in as disciplined a way as we should? Well, it's just this. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, these are the words of Jesus. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here's essentially what it boils down to. The hard task of prayer gives us access to Jesus' easy yoke. The hard task of prayer is what gives us access to Jesus' easy yoke. A yoke is just like this, this piece of wood, like a cross piece, that goes between, say, two oxen that would kind of hold them together and, and link them together. And the specific yoke he's talking about here is the law, the commandments of Scripture, right? The do, the do nots, thou shalt, thou shalt nots. And that yoke includes the commandment to pray, we know we're supposed to pray. We know we should do it more. We know we should do it better. Prayer can be heavy. Prayer can be hard. It, it can feel like a burden. But, but what Jesus is saying is that whoever is linked with him, whoever is yoked with him, will feel his burden lifted because prayer is not where we go 
to pick up more burdens. Prayer is where we go to lay them down and to take up something lighter instead, which is the gospel. The good news that Jesus exchanged his yoke for ours and took on the yoke of the cross where he bled and died for you and you and you and you. For no other reason than that he loves you to take away your sins. He's the only one who ever prayed the way that we should and he prays the same prayer for us that he prayed from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And ultimately, in, in the end, we are saved not by prayer habits or perseverance or grit, but by grace through faith in Christ alone. See, prayer may be hard, but it gives us access to Jesus' light yoke. So prayer is vital, it is simple, it is hard. Next week we're going to talk about how prayer is honest. Hey friends, Pastor Luke here. Thanks so much for tuning in. I trust that you've been blessed by our message from God's Word today. Hey, we'd love to connect with you more. If you have comments or questions, you can email me directly at pastorchellog at gmail.com. That's Pastor K-J-O-L-H-A-U-G at gmail.com. As we wrap up our time together today, please receive this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen.